Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Are you ready for the word today? I said, are you ready for the word today? Come on. If you love Jesus, give him one more hand clap of praise. Come on. Peace of mind. Peace of mind. How how many need a little peace in your mind? It's kind of been a buzzword in the last couple years uh, due to all of us facing situations and circumstances that are attempting to rob us of our peace, to steal our peace. For many, it's happened where there once was joy, it's now filled with sorrow. Where there once was assurance, there's now doubt and unbelief that has set in. And for some in here today, some watching, some listening, you've battled depression, anxiety, stress. You're worried. Some may be angry and some maybe feel all alone. The stats are alarming. I won't read a lot of them, but the one I want you to know is one in five adults in this room today are battling in their mental health in an extreme way. One in five adults are battling in their mental health. And outwardly, you may be showing up. You may be showing up to church. You may be showing up to work. But inwardly, internally, you're battling in your mental health. Here's what I want you to know, church. The Bible has a lot to say about our emotions, about our thoughts, about our mind. And with this insight that we're going to go to God's word in in this series, we can learn how to deal with our mental health in a way that it honors God. Although the words mental health are not found in the Bible, the Bible does talk about mental health because the word soul is found in the Bible. Somebody say soul. Soul is mentioned 856 times in the Bible. Remember, our soul is made up of three parts, our mind, our will, in our emotions. The Greek word for soul is the word psyche, and it's where we get the word psych, or the psychological part of a man. And in Genesis 2-7, most of us are familiar that God began to breathe the breath of life into man, and he became a living soul. He breathed into Adam, and he became a living soul. So the soul of man was breathed into Adam, into humans, by who? God Almighty. And there, the mind, the will, and the emotions resided within Adam. So God gave us our emotions. I said God gave us our emotions. He gave them to us. God gave us our mental health. But we have a spiritual enemy who's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's out to destroy our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, and he's doing a really good job of it right now. And so in this series, I just believe for the next couple weeks that God is going to move in your life 
And God is going to break some strongholds maybe that have held you captive in the area of your mental health. And I just believe if you'll open up today, this is just a foundational message that I feel is very important to bring for the first part of this series. And then we're going to build upon this. But today I want to talk about this, the most dangerous myths of mental health. The most dangerous myths of mental health. I have never personally preached about mental health or a message like I'm about to preach. And so I'm really excited. I probably spent double the time I normally do prepping a message, just making sure everything was right and on track. And so how many are ready to lean in today and see what God has to say about mental health? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. First Thessalonians chapter five. Let's start with our series scripture. It's this. May God himself, the God of peace. Notice this, how Paul starts out. God himself, the God of peace. Peace is found in the presence of God. Peace is found in God. Peace is something that God gives his children. Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Someone say, God is my peace. One more time. Say, God is my peace. Now, I have to be honest, in the church world, the big C church, the topic of mental health has kind of been a taboo subject. Um, most people in church um, kind of put down people or mental health issues, or at least they have in the past. Maybe in the last couple of years, it's become more of a topic that's talked about within the church. But I can definitely tell you pre-COVID, in most churches, you would not hear too many messages or things talked about mental health. And for some, it's, it's kind of been a thing where they would look at somebody and say, well, you, you, just, you just don't have enough faith. And, and maybe you're not really saved if you're dealing with stuff in your mind. And maybe you have sin in your life. That's why you battle anxiety and stress and you're dealing with trauma from the past. And, 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 and the implication was if, if, if you would go to somebody, maybe a church leader or somebody within the church, the implication was that if you have Jesus, then you're fine. And if you talk about mental health, then it's really a sign of weakness. Hmm? It's really a sign of weakness. Like, are you really trusting God? Are you really saved if you're battling in that area? Don't you know that you're a child of God? Don't you know that you're saved, redeemed, forgiven, filled with the Holy Spirit? All this is true. But just because Jesus saved you doesn't mean he fixes every area of your life instantly because we are all in process. Process. Oh, let me give you a theological word. It's called sanctification. Sanctification. It's the process. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are now in the process of sanctification, which is the, this process of becoming set apart or more like God. And sanctification is primarily the work of God, but requires our surrender. Can I get a good amen right there? The truth is we all have baggage that we bring in. We give our life to Christ, 
but we still have some baggage, some hurts, some hangups, some habits, some addictions, some trauma from the past that, if not dealt with, will always resurrect itself within our heart and minds and lives. Right? Are you with me, church? So just because you come to Jesus doesn't mean instantly your mental health is healthy. Stay with me. When we talk about mental health, this includes emotional well-being, psychological well-being, social well-being. It impacts every area of our lives, how we think, how we feel, how we act. Mental health deals with how you handle stress, how you relate to people, how you make choices, how do you bounce back from difficulties, or how maybe you don't bounce back from difficulties. In mental health, it's all about how you cope when life happens. Do you run to the wrong source for comfort or do you run to the right sources for comfort? You will run somewhere to cope. You will run to someone or something to cope with your mental health. It's just a matter of what are you running to. Hmm? I'm here to remind you that God is just as concerned with our mental health as he is with our spiritual health. If you're sick in your body, physically, say you have something wrong with your knee and it's prolonged and it's getting worse, the advice that I would give you is go get that checked out. You've, you've delayed it long enough. You have an issue. It's impairing you. When you walk, you should go seek help. In the same way, our mind gets sick and injured at times, and we need to seek out help. Are you with me, church? See, you can have strong faith and weak mental health, just like you can have strong faith and a weak physical health. So there are so many misunderstandings within the church, and I just want to hit two mental health myths with you today. The first one is this. Myth number one is Christians shouldn't struggle with mental health. We shouldn't struggle with it. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't battle anxiety. You, you, you shouldn't be depressed. You shouldn't be burned out. If you struggle with one of these things, it's, it's probably your fault. You don't have enough faith, and you're not praying enough, and you're not seeking God enough, or maybe there's some kind of sin in your life. But I want to show you this today through the scripture, that you can still love Jesus and fight depression. Notice the word fight. Notice we're not laying down and giving in. We're fighting it. You can still love Jesus and faithfully read his word, but battle anxiety every day. You can attend church faithfully, serve and tithe, and still struggle to overcome trauma. In the scripture, there's just a plethora of characters that you and I would look at in the natural and say, that was a great man of God, a great woman of God. I can't believe they struggled. And actually, as I got into this, I found out that most of the characters in Hebrews 11, which is called the Heroes Hall of Faith, where the Bible mentions some of the great men and women of God and what they accomplished and what they did. When I go through that list, I find men and women who were battling just like you and I are right now. Take Elijah, for example. Elijah, this great prophet who would call down fire and take out 450 prophets of Baal. One minute later, he's running in terror for his life because a woman named Jezebel said she's going to kill him. 
Elijah finds himself the moment after a great victory, leaning against the juniper tree, the Bible says, pinning his suicide note. It's in the Bible. Elijah battled discouragement, thoughts of not wanting to live. Let's go to David. He had deep despair. We see it in the Psalms. It comes out. Although David is called a man after God's own heart, we see him battling with depression, anxiety. What about Jeremiah? He wrote a book in the Bible, but he's labeled as the weeping prophet because he cried all the time. (laughs) The weeping prophet. He battled loneliness. We see it through his writings, insecurity. He even goes this far and says, curse the day that I was born. This is Jeremiah. What about Gideon? Gideon was so insecure. He said, I'm nobody. I'm the least in my tribe. God couldn't use me. Here was Gideon. What about Martha? Martha, you're so worried about so many things. Just relax, Martha. Just sit here and worship me. You've let anxiety and stress overcome you. What about Abraham, the father of our faith? Did you know that Abraham battled anxiety? Yeah, he did. In Genesis, we find God giving him and Sarah a promise that he would be a father of many nations, yet he has zero kids. He was so worked up on God's promise on how it would come to pass. Have you ever been worked up? God gives you a word and you try to take matters into your own hands. Oh, I have. Abraham did the same thing. What was the result? A product of the flesh, Ishmael. Read that on your own time. We could keep going and going and going. Bible characters after character. Jonah, disobedience, gets swallowed up by the whale, gets spit out on the shore, says, I don't want to live anymore, God, because I disobeyed you. I can't even live with myself because of the failures of my past. Have you ever been there? Not wanting to move forward because of your failures. Job lost it all. Didn't want to live. Naomi in the Bible lost her husband and two sons within a very short period And God sends a root to her to encourage her. All these people loved God. All these people had great faith, yet they had mental health issues. Why? Because they were human, just like you and I, just like you and I. Now, these are just a few of the many examples in the Bible which serve proof that mental health issues and faith in God can coexist. I'm going to say that again. This is just a few of the examples in the Bible which serve proof that mental health issues and faith in God can coexist. So if you find yourself struggling in your mental health and you don't know what to do, you're hearing a message from others, you just need more of God. You just need to pray more. You just need to seek God more. And the answer to that is yes, you do. Go to God first. Amen? I'm saying go to God first, and we're going to see that in just a moment. But you may need to go to God first, and then you may need to go get some sleep. Then you may need to go see a doctor. Then you may need to visit a therapist. And then you may need to change some eating habits because there's some chemical imbalances, and and maybe you need to get on some certain medications. Come on, somebody. So I'm talking about a more holistic approach here. For too long in the church, we've... We've basically just said, just trust God. That's all you need is God, nothing else. Well, I I believe that, but God gives us resources to help us heal. 
God sends people across our lives to help us mend from the trauma and hurts of our past. Hmm? So if you're struggling, you may feel like you're a bad Christian. You may feel like God doesn't love you as much as he did before you were struggling. But if you're struggling today, I just need you to know it just means you're human. And the truth is everybody in here has struggled at some point in their mental health if they were honest. So the first myth is this, Christians, Christians shouldn't struggle with mental health. The second myth is this, God doesn't care about your mental health. I mean, why would God care about it? He, he's worried about the big problems. How I many you know we got a few big problems happening in our world right now? Just a few. God's probably really working on those things, and he's more concerned with those problems, and he's focused on the big stuff, but yet Jesus, through his teachings, shows us that God is concerned with the little details of our lives. And he says in Matthew 6, 25 and 26, stop being worried and stop being anxious. If I take care of the birds of the air, if I take care of the lilies of the field and the grass of the field, I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. He goes on and on and on. Read, read this in your own time, Matthew 6. And, and, and really, he's giving the cure for anxiety. He's giving us the cure for anxiety, and he's showing us these examples like, if I watch over the sparrow, I'm going to watch over you. I'm concerned with what's going on up here in your mind, and I'm concerned with your emotions and, and how you're processing. If, if I take care of the lilies of the field, if I make sure there's dandelions every spring, I'm going to take care of you. I'm concerned with what? concerns you. God cares about every area of our life. You need to know that today. The book of Psalms is really a, a book of people crying out to God. I mean, in desperate ways, people battling in their mental health, crying out to God and God answering time and time again. I mean, the book of Psalms shows us how much God cares with scriptures like this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I don't have to walk in fear. I don't have to fear the future. I don't have to fear of what's next in my life. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed. So God doesn't run when our hearts are broken. God doesn't run when we have trauma and pain. He actually comes up beside us and he's close. He's near. He's with us ready to walk with us. It says in Psalms, God is our refuge, our strength, our present help in trouble. Psalms 23, David said, if you're walking through a dark valley, just know that God is with you even in the darkest valley of your life. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll provide for you. David said, I shall not need or want any other thing because the Lord is my shepherd. It's my shepherd. Are you hearing this today, church? Now, it's a very interesting psalm. I've read the psalms quite a bit uh, in my time. Uh, there's 150 psalms, and uh, I discovered a new one this week, Psalms 88, and they're going to put it on the screen in just a moment, but it was written by a word named, uh, written by a man named Heman, not He-Man, but Heman. 
Um, and this was a well-respected man, uh, known for many things within his community in the church world. Look, look at a few of his, his spiritual gifts. It says in the Bible, he had great wisdom. It says he was uh, committed um, to parenting, and he had a great music ability. He had great service to the king. These are just a few of the things that are, that are highlighted in Heman's life. This was a leader in the church. This was a man that was luck, looked up to. And he pins a psalm that actually doesn't have a positive ending. There's only two psalms out of 150 psalms that do not have a positive ending. And one of them is what we're about to read. Look at this, Psalms 88. He says this, Heman says, I am overwhelmed with troubles. Have you been there? Are you there? And my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, who remember no more, who are cut off from your care. Pretty dark, right? Pretty dark. Verse 13, he starts to tap in. He gets this part right. And let me just say this before we go to verse 13. For some of you here at this church, this is the part you get right because you're here today. And some of you are in a dark place. And some of you, you're hurting and you're depressed and you feel isolated. You feel alone and you feel like nobody knows. And you feel like, do they care? Does God even care? But you're turning towards the light, even though the darkness surrounds you. And I just want to, as your pastor say, man, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing by being at church today. Thank you for getting up and putting on your pants and shoes, even when you didn't have the strength to do it. Even when darkness was around you, because he says this, but I cry to you for help, Lord, in the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? You have taken from me, friend and neighbor. Watch this. Darkness. Darkness is my closest friend. Have you been there? Have you been there? When darkness was the only friend you had. I've been there. It's actually been two times in my life when darkness was my closest friend. It was two times in my life where I realized I needed to seek professional help. So I went to a counselor. I went to a doctor. And for those two times in my life, I had to be on a medicine for a period of time. I had to be on something to help me get through the darkness. And then after I came out of it, I got off that medicine, but it helped me in that season. And here's what I learned, church. I need you to hear my heart today. Getting help, getting help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of wisdom. If I, the pastor of a church, needed help at moments in my life, you may need to get help too. I still talk to a counselor for preventative. I still talk through my feelings because I know me and I'm not good. I bottle stuff up. I don't know about you, but I've learned about Jacob is if I keep that in, that's going to hurt me in the future. So I need to let some things out. I need to release some things. I was watching uh, this new series on Netflix called Quarterback. 
And there was a quarterback on there named Kirk Cousins. And he said his practice is every Monday he meets with his therapist to release the game, to release the mistakes, to release the win or the loss. And he talks through it. And all the therapist does is sits there and listens to him. And Kirk said in the video, I just need to get that stuff out to somebody so that I can now focus because in six more days, I got to play another game and I got to be ready mentally. And I thought, man, I feel your pain in six more days. I got to preach again, Kirk Cousins. I need me a therapist to get some stuff out. So I'm ready for y'all next week. So this guy, this guy, he, man, he loved God. He, he loved God. He was a man of God. And I love that this is in the Bible because it shows us God is not afraid of our honesty. That even in the scripture, he said, God, where are you? Darkness is my closest friend. And today I need you to know that God cares for you. You may love him, but you still question him. You may worship him, but you still hurt. You may be involved in a group, but you still feel the pain of that drama. Darkness may be your closest friend. And the Bible tells us to seek counsel in our time of need, to go to a trusted friend, to seek advice from others. So for some of you, it may be a doctor, a therapist, maybe a change in your diet, maybe a new exercise. It may be going to a trusted friend or a small group leader you've built relationship with. Do all that, but not at the expense of seeking God first in his word. We've heard this many times, and I've said it. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. The battle is right here. We talked about it a few weeks ago. I preached it. The battle is in the mind. And I did some study on this, and, it's, and I found this out. Your brain is built over time. At the point of conception, somebody say conception, the brain starts to grow. It begins to grow after birth and continues to grow. And it makes all these connections called neuropathways. And for the first few years of your life, your brain is producing 1 million neuro connections every second, every second. After a while, your brain begins to think in patterns. So it takes those thoughts and it creates a pattern, right? So example, once you think a thought, it's easier to think it again. It's like a mental pathway or a mental road, a mental rut. And that's good news if your thoughts are healthy ones. But it's bad news if they're not because you have negative pathways and those are hard to change. So we have to disconnect our minds from the wrong things and connect them to the right ones if we want peace of mind. Can I get a good amen? So as a church, we are poised and positioned to help you in the area of your mental health. We have been for years through faith-based counseling, through local programs we partner with, classes such as Pain to Purpose getting ready to start in the fall here that specifically deals with trauma, pain, and loss, small groups with the focus on mental health, and many other things. We have resources at our Welcome Center or reach out to us, email us, or ask a leader. We want to help you. We help people in this church every week when it comes to mental health. Every single week, people are calling. People are stopping by. People are getting prayer. I want to close with this scripture, Isaiah 26.3. I want you to see this. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who what? Who we trusted in. 
Are we trusting in CNN? Are we trusting in Fox? Are we trusting in our politicians? Are we trusting in social media? What are we trusting in? Whose thoughts are what? Fixed. Fixed. Someone say fixed. Fixed. Perfect peace. Say perfect peace. You see, there is a place that you can get as a believer of perfect peace. Not occasional peace. Perfect peace. When your thoughts are on him, when you're trusting in him. And that word peace in the Hebrew is the word shalom. It means completeness, wholeness, soundness, harmony, tranquility. Who experiences shalom peace? Those who trust in their problems, their lack. No, those who trust in God. Someone say fix on God. Fix on God. The Hebrew word for fixed is the word samak. Somebody say samak. You just learned Hebrew. Good job. Listen to the definition of it. It's on the screen. To prop, to rest your full weight on an object. God, my eyes are fixed on you. Even when things aren't clear up here, even when I don't even know who I am, God, I'm going to trust you. You said that you would give me perfect peace. Those who trust you and those who lean on you. I'm just going to lean on you, God. Even when I can't figure it out, even when I don't know what's happening in my body, even when I'm confused with what decision to make, even when depression is trying to take me out, God, I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to prop myself up against you and I'm going to trust you will get me through this. Because God, watch this, you're a whole lot bigger than me. You're a whole lot stronger than me, God. You're a whole lot wiser than me, God. So when I can't figure out my mental health, I'm going to trust you. Yes, I'm going to go see a doctor. Yes, I'm going to get with a leader. Yes, I'm going to meet with my small group. But I'm going to lean. My eyes are fixed on you. I'm not going to do less of church. I'm not going to do less of Bible reading. I'm not going to do less of devotion. No, my eyes are fixed. I'm walking through this dark valley. Darkness may be my closest friend, but I'm coming out to the light. I'm coming to the light because what I'm attached to is greater than what's trying to attach itself to me. I'm fixed. The English definition is attached, a part of, complete with. I'm, I'm a part, I'm complete, I'm fixed on you, God. That no matter what my mind says, I declare the peace of God because peace isn't found in the absence of presence. Peace is found. Or peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. So it doesn't mean I had no problems. Oh, I got problems, but I'm fixed. I don't even have to look anymore. I'm just fixed. I just trust. I can close my eyes. I, I just trust. I trust you. Oh, the steps of a good man or woman are ordered so I can just walk it out. I can trust that this is just a season and it's about to pass. 
I can trust that God, you will use this for your glory. I can trust that you'll use this story to help somebody else. That when I come through it, God will use me to now help deliver somebody else. I want us to confess this together. Thank you, sir. Look at this. They're going to put it on the screen. Let's confess this together. Someone say, God is my source and my strength. I have everything I need to do everything he called me to do. Now I want you to say it with some boldness and some faith. Are you ready? Go. God is my source and my strength. I have everything. Do you believe that today? Come on. I am out of time, but the good news is I will be here next Sunday for part two. We just getting started. Peace of mind. How many needed this today? How many know somebody that needed this? How many will share this link? How many will share the YouTube link tomorrow, the, the podcast, and get this out? People need to hear this message. People, no longer will mental health be a taboo in, the church, in this church. I'll speak for this church. It hasn't been. It never has been, but we will not allow it. We will help people. We, we will point them to the source, right? Come on. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. God, you told us when we're dealing with anxiety, worry, depression, come to you. So we just, we give it to you right now in this moment. For some of us, it's casting our cares right now in this moment to God for for others, it's in a moment coming up and getting prayer from somebody. Just sealing this word in your heart. Having someone else blend faith with you. Come to me, Jesus said. If you're weary and burdened, I will give you rest. And you'll find rest for your souls. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, heads are bowed and eyes are closed before we dismiss. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you're watching online, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I want to encourage you, invite you to say this prayer. It's a prayer of surrender, leaving one life and stepping into the new life that Christ has. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The old is gone and the new has begun. Are you ready for a fresh start? Have you been trying to fill the void with so many different things in life, relationship, maybe a substance, maybe your job, maybe money, falling up short? Why don't you give Jesus a try today? He's the great void filler. I want to invite you, if you've never accepted Christ into your life for the first time, or maybe you're here today, and you're a Christian, but you've just fallen away for whatever reason. It doesn't matter, but what matters in this moment is that you rededicate, say yes to Jesus. We're not here to embarrass you or to call you up front or anything like that. But before we pray, if you're here today, you're watching online, I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, Jacob. I, I need Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. 
Thank you over here. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. I see all those hands in the back. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Wow. A lot of hands up. Thank you online. Throwing that hand up in the chat. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Yep. Wow. Let's pray with our family. Say, Jesus, today I receive you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. I repent of those sins today, and I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Come on. Let's rejoice with every hand up. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.